You know, there was an old farmer who spent all of his savings to buy a horse. He figured that the horse would help him do his work on his farm and he could make even more produce, sell more produce, and they could have a little bit more money to live off of. Well, he bought the horse, brought it home. The next day when he went to go find the horse in the stable that he had built for him, the horse was gone. His friends and his neighbors said, Ah, oh, this is terrible. You just spent everything you had to buy this horse, and now the horse is gone. What a horrible situation. And the old farmer thought, and he said, Well, whether it's good or whether it's bad, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Well, as it turned out, the next day, the horse came back came back from its little adventure galloping throughout the hillsides, and it wasn't alone. It had found a friend and brought a friend back, a wild stallion. And now this man had two horses, and his son said, Father, this is great. What good news. What good luck. Now we can do twice as much work on the farm. And the farmer thought, and he said, Well, whether it's good or whether it's bad, who can say? I guess we'll see what happens. The next day, they, they went to work. The old man, the old farmer, taking the horse he had purchased, and the son took the wild stallion and began to try to break him in and get him trained. But in the training process, he was thrown from the back of the stallion, and he shattered his ankle. And the neighbors and the friends said, Look at this. This is a horrible situation. What are you going to do? The old farmer just thought about it and said, well, whether this is good or bad, who can say? I guess we'll see what happens. A couple weeks later, the king commanded that every able-bodied young man should go off to war against their enemies. But because the son was unable to walk due to his broken leg, he stayed home. During that military campaign, Thousands of young men were killed. Uh, thousands of young men were maimed and were badly injured. And after all was said and done, the neighbors said, How good it was that your son broke his leg with the horse that came back with another horse that you had purchased. How good this was! And the old man thought, and he said, Well, whether this is good or bad, who can say? I guess we'll see what happens. The point of the story, as it's often told, is to say that there's really no meaning in the activities and the circumstances of life. Uh, but I would suggest that we could take another lesson from the story. Sometimes it's hard to know in the moment what the events uh, of our lives, the final outcome might be. This farmer wouldn't commit to saying whether things were good or bad, but I think we can all agree there are some things in our life that just are bad. Coronavirus? That's bad. It's affecting a lot of people. So many people are dying from this. This is a bad cir circumstance. And those who aren't dying, um, some of them get sick. Many, many more get sick. And while many of them recover, they go through very... Uh, hard times with this illness. And those of us who've stayed well, we're isolated at home. 
Uh, we've lost our jobs, or we've temporarily been laid off, or we feel separated from the ones we love. I think we can agree there is a lot of bad in our world, so many circumstances in our world that are bad. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean that you're exempt from the bad things in life. Bad things happen to good and bad people alike. And just reflecting on this and realizing this makes me think of how profound the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 are. I'd invite you to get out your Bibles, smartphones, tablets. We won't have any verses on the screen today. Get out your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're talking today uh, about a Bible paradox, how good can come from bad. There are so many things that seem paradoxical in the Christian experience, and this is one of them, a powerful one, that blessings can come from things that feel like curses, and that are curses or bad things. Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul here, reflecting on his life experience, he has this to say, starting in verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be what? To be content. Whatever state. He wasn't talking about traveling here in North America. He's talking about no matter what's going on in his life, I can be content. What does content mean? It means basically that you are finding pleasure in your circumstances, even if they're bad. You can find good things to be grateful for. That your whole life doesn't have to be wrecked because bad things happen. You can still find a way to be positive. Paul says, no matter what's going on, I can be content. Look at verse 12. I know how to be abased, brought low. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says why. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Apostle Paul realized that he could get through anything and he could do it with God's help. Not only doing it with God's help, but he could do it in a way where his life was contented. He could recognize the good and recognize the bad, but still find joy in the events of life. If anybody could, could talk about suffering, it was Paul. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul suffered immensely in his life. We talked a little bit about that last week. Let me just read a, a couple verses here. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 24, had this to say. You think you've suffered? Well, listen to the Apostle Paul's list here. He says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. 40 lashes was considered, yeah, you might die if that happened. So they'd go minus one. And that happened to him five times. Horribly beaten. And, and I might add, unjustly. He, he was... He was not beaten because he deserved it. He was beaten for the sake of spreading the gospel. Three times, he says, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. 
Now, that's not saying that the Apostle Paul smoked marijuana. This is him saying, people surrounded me with big rocks, and they threw them at me until they thought I was dead. Has that ever happened to you? It's never happened to me. I mean, right now, one of the worst things I'm dealing with is this isolation and my allergies. I mean, most of us have pretty comfortable lives. Some of us have gone through extreme hardship. The Apostle Paul knew what that was like. He says, once I was stoned, once they threw rocks at me, and as you read the story, they, they left him because they thought he was dead. But it turns out he was still alive. Three times I was shipwrecked. Have you ever been shipwrecked? The Apostle Paul had. Not once, not twice, but three times. A night and day I was adrift at the sea on frequent journeys in danger of rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness. This is starting to sound like a Dr. Seuss book. Danger here, danger there, everywhere. Danger from false brothers in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure of my anxiety from the churches. So he said, basically, I've almost died a whole bunch of times. I've been beaten. I've been bruised. I've been all these things. And then I also have to stress because I'm worried about you guys. And I noticed that Paul didn't even mention in this list that he'd been imprisoned a whole bunch too. So if anybody could talk about bad times, and if anybody had an excuse to complain, it would be Paul. But yet somehow, he said, I've learned through it all, I can be content. Whether I have a lot to eat or a little bit to eat, I can be content. But it wasn't in his own power. Paul wasn't a super saint that had more power and more strength than you and I do. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes we use this verse to try and inspire people uh, for many things. But in its original context, it was talking about being able to be happy and content with what's going on in your life at the given time. That's probably one of, one of the hardest things that any of us could face. So how is this possible? How is it possible that Paul could find contentment in his circumstances? I want to take an example from the Apostle Paul's life. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul wasn't just blowing smoke here to, to make himself sound more holy. Paul was not just making up this on the fly. Paul was talking about things he had learned from his experiences. Now, don't get me wrong. When he said he could be content, he wasn't saying he was glad that bad things came to him. He wasn't saying that he was happy that, that these horrible things happened to him, but he could find peace and joy even in the midst of his sorrows. And even as he worked to better his circumstances, Paul was saying, I have a peace from God. But notice an example of a very trying experience in his life. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. 
Paul writes there, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Just before these, uh, this passage, he's been talking about an awesome vision that he had, where he was taken up to heaven, whether in vision or whether in reality, he wasn't sure. But God showed him some awesome things. And he says in verse 7, so that I don't become too full of myself, God allowed something to happen. It says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above all measure. Paul had something horrible in his life, like a thorn in his side that he wanted to pull out because it was just hurting him. He had this condition that was plaguing him, and many people believe it was his poor eyesight. You can look later on in Galatians 4, verse 14 and 15, and you'll see uh, kind of an illusion that perhaps this is what he was dealing with. And, he, and you imagine in his position, he's writing letters, he's greeting the people, he's trying to evangelize the world, and having poor vision would make that very, very difficult. And so he, he realizes that God allowed this thing. It actually was from Satan. And that's the interesting thing. Satan is always trying to get at us from different ways. But with God's strength, we can actually take the attack that the enemy had meant to, to harm us with, and we can aim it back at Satan. There are certain forms of martial arts that, that, that emphasize taking the blow that the enemy is, is attempting to lay on you and taking that and turning it back on them. Or like when we were little kids, someone would insult you in grade school and, and you'd say that classic response, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Or, or they would say, hey, you're slow, and you'd say, I know you are, but what am I? Taking their insult and pointing it right back at them. You see, the devil tries to get us down with these bad things that he's doing. But the Apostle Paul realized we can actually redirect these things, and we can take the attack and turn it into an opportunity. We can take that disappointment and turn it into an appointment for God to show up and do something. So Satan had a thorn in, in Paul's flesh, perhaps his eyesight. Verse 8 now, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord. How many times? Three times that, he might, that it might depart from me. He earnestly prayed. Paul did a lot of praying, but this was earnest fasting and praying, perhaps, that God would remove this difficulty, this challenge from his life. So don't misunderstand. When Paul says he's content, it doesn't mean that he's, praying, he's not praying for God to take away the bad things. But after he, he prayed three times, he got an answer back from God, verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Jesus said, I have a reason. I'm not going to take this away from you but I'm going to give you the strength to deal with it. And notice Paul's response. He doesn't become bitter at God. He takes this and he says, therefore, 
most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities, boast in the bad things, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, God, if this is what it's going to take to keep me humble and to keep me following after you so that I can get your power in my life, then so be it. Thank you, God, for entrusting me with this difficulty. Thank you for giving me power to get through it. Verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. If anybody could talk about difficulties, Paul could. But Paul recognized that in our challenges, God can help us through them and God can use them in ways that we couldn't foresee to make good come out of the bad. Never that we're calling the bad good. No, 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 that's not what we're saying. But God can bring good out of the bad. And that's a paradox. How can that be? It can happen through God, through Christ who gives us strength. Perhaps that's why the apostle in Hebrews 13, verse 5, who some, many believe that the apostle Paul wrote Hebrews, wrote, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can be content because Jesus promised to be with us all throughout the way. And of course, it was Paul who wrote in Romans 8, 28, For I know that all things work together for good to those that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Not saying that all things are good, but somehow God in his eternal purposes can bring good even out of the bad. Now let's not just take Paul's example. Let's think back to some other Bible characters, other Bible stories where there was a bad circumstance, unquestionably bad, unquestionably bad, but that God brought good out of. Can you think of any Bible characters who had bad things happen to them? I heard from some of our crew here, the first person we're going to, Joseph. Joseph, you remember the story of Joseph? While you're remembering the story, just go back to, to Genesis and we're going to look at a, a particular verse here. Genesis chapter 50. So Joseph had 11 other brothers, which on its face just sounds like a difficult circumstance to be in, knowing how siblings can, can have troubles getting along. And I'm not gonna, we're not going to study the whole story of Joseph. We're just going to highlight it real quickly. Joseph was favored by his father, and his older brothers didn't like that. And finally, things boiled over to the point where they decided to actually kill Joseph. But because one of the brothers had a little mercy, they just decided, well, let's temporarily throw him in this pit while we decide what to do with him. So they took Joseph, they threw him in the bottom like a, an empty well, and instead of killing him, the brother said, let's sell him into slavery. So in an act of mercy, Joseph was sent into slavery, traveled in a caravan to another nation, to the nation of Egypt, and there he lived. If anybody had reason to complain, 
it would be Joseph. You think it's bad with your siblings? Well, have your siblings ever sold you into slavery? Joseph did. Joseph was sold. Joseph lives in the house of Potiphar. He starts doing well there. But then the temptation comes. He resists his master's wife, the, the, the approaches upon him, and he's thrown into prison. Just when he's trying to do good, he's thrown into prison. He's trying to make good of his bad circumstance, and now it gets even worse. God gives him grace and favor even in the prison. He interprets some dreams. People are promoted. People go down. Uh, He's forgotten there in his prison cell. And then at the right time, God promotes him. God brings him up. Pharaoh calls him up to serve him. And he becomes essentially prime minister of the land of Egypt. Out of the pit, he goes to the prime minister position. And it's very interesting. Look there at Genesis 50 verse 18 through 20, because at the very end of the story, and you've got to read this story if you're not familiar with it, at the very end of the story, there's a, a time of conversation when Joseph has saved the land of Egypt by storing up grain in seven years of plenty, and he saved the other nations who can buy grain during the seven years of famine that followed, including his brothers from his household. And they have this conversation where they basically say, We're sorry for what we've done. And notice Joseph's response. Genesis 50, verse 18. Then his brothers went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for what? For good, in order to bring about as it is this day, and to save many people alive. Joseph went through horrible experiences in his life, but at the very end, he said, what you intended for evil, God redirected, and he helped bring about good. Paul says, I can learn to be content in good or bad. He said, God can bring good out of bad circumstances, and here's another witness, Joseph standing up and saying, yes, This is true. I've experienced it in my life. What about Moses? Moses was a prince of Egypt, as it were. And then his temper got to him one day. His sense of justice boiled over, and he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite, and he killed the Egyptian. And then he got really scared when his deed was found out, and so Moses fled away. Moses committed murder. Is that bad? Yeah, that's bad. He should not have done that. He made a big mistake, and somebody lost their life because of it. So Moses flees. He goes to the wilderness. And what happens during the next 40 years of his life while he's in the wilderness? God is able to redeem good, his bad mistake, not fully take it away, but to start to bring good from his bad mistake. You see, Joseph didn't make uh, these outward mistakes per se. These bad things just happened to him because of bad brothers at the time. But Moses, bad came upon him because of his own bad choices. Has that ever happened to you before? I know it sure happened to me. 
But in the midst of his bad choices, God was able to start to do something. And what happened to Moses during those 40 years? Number one, Moses got to see God, got to talk with God. Moses found the person that he married. He found a wife. And Moses began to learn how to lead people. And it was during those 40 years that he was prepared to lead people out of slavery. Goliath shows up on the scene years later. This massive giant of a man, an enemy of God. Bad circumstance, right? Yeah. But what, could, what did God do? God empowered a young boy, a young shepherd boy named David, to stand up and to show how powerful God is. David, later on, had a horrible, horrible sin. He killed a man after he slept with a man's wife. What a horrible, horrible decision that can't be undone. You can't change what happened there. But can God bring good even out of our bad choices? Absolutely. How many of you have read Psalm 51, that prayer of repentance after David started just feeling grief for his sin and came back to God? How many of us have read those words and been encouraged when we have made mistakes and started coming back to God? And we've realized that our God is a God of mercy, even when we make the most horrible decisions. Even in horrible choices, God can start to bring healing. God can bring good. Second Chronicles 20, three armies attack the people of Judah. What does God do? He tells them to send the choir out in front of them. I'm going to deliver you. In this great time of need, God was able to take it and, and bring total and complete victory and led to revival among the people. Maybe the bad circumstances in your life are an opportunity for you to rededicate yourself to God. He doesn't take away all the bad things and maybe out of it, it'll allow you to refocus on what's most important in your life. The Babylonian captivity. Young Daniel is carried away as a captive to Babylon. Miles and miles and miles from his home. But during his time of captivity, he didn't, he didn't sit there and say, God has forsaken me. I'm turning my back on him. He said, how can I serve God in the midst of captivity? And through his witness and through God's working in Nebuchadnezzar's life, the pagan king, Nebuchadnezzar, was converted and gave his heart to God. What circumstance do you find yourself in that's bad right now that God can use as a witnessing opportunity? Are you willing to let God redirect you in this bad time and help bring about good? Book of James says trials. James chapter 1. Trials can produce good things in our character, including patience. Are you willing to let God work on your character during this time of COVID-19? Are you willing to let him make you more into the person that he wants you to be? Can God bring good from bad? Absolutely. Was it good when Jesus died on the cross? It was a horrible, graphic, tragic event. But out of the worst event, God brought the best results. 
because of that horrible dark day some 2,000 years ago, we today have the hope and the assurance of salvation, having given our hearts to God. What circumstances are you dealing with today, friends? What's bad in your life? It's okay to call a spade a spade. Things may be bad. This isolation is bad. This sickness is bad. Having no work is bad. Nothing in the bank. That's really bad. But what can you learn from what you're dealing with right now? How can God redirect your life and make you willing to to think about the positives that could come out of this bad circumstance? Maybe you're going to have the opportunity to bond with your family better. Now, I know some of you are at home and you're actually fighting more with your family because of what's going on. Maybe this is an opportunity to learn better communication skills. Maybe it's an opportunity to, to, to work through some of those issues that you may have with your family members instead of ignoring them like we tend to. Perhaps it's an opportunity for you to get some more projects done around the house. You've got to be at home? Well, you might as well do something positive or read those books that you've been putting off for so long. Uh, I've just been more aware of, of germs lately, and, and this will be helpful moving forward for us not to spread the regular flu with people or your colds when we go back to regular life. Some of you have already expressed that, that this time off has given you opportunity to spend more time in prayer and more time in the Bible. One of the big excuses we have is, I don't have time for the Bible, God. Well, now we do. For most of us, don't miss this opportunity for God to allow good to spring forth from this bad and challenging time. You know, this this week was an interesting week for my family, a tougher week. Uh, This was the week that my dad's remains were buried. Um, That's a tough thing to see your family member go down into that hole down into the grave. It's a bad circumstance. It's no fun to lose someone to an illness, old age, cancer. But I tell you what, as I've reflected with my family, we have seen time and time and time again how God has been using even these unfortunate bad circumstances to work and to do good. Does it mean we wish that my dad had passed away? Of course not. We wish he was still alive and kicking with us. But can we take this opportunity to say, thank you, God, for how you're working in spite of this tragedy? Absolutely. We've seen people who are rededicating their life to Jesus because they've been reflecting on the life of my father. I don't know what you're dealing with today, friends. But I want to be more committed in my own heart this week. When bad circumstances happen, when things get tougher, when challenges present themselves, I want to say, God, I know this isn't a good circumstance, but please help me to find good even in the midst of this challenge. Help me to look for the silver lining and to work along with your spirit to find good 
now in this time. Is that your desire? If that's your desire, I just invite you to pray with me. Let's invite God to empower us to grow even now in this time. Loving Heavenly Father, you never promised that our life would be without sorrow, without difficulty. But you promised, as we said in, in Hebrews 13, verse 5, that you would never leave us or forsake us. So now, Lord, as challenges present themselves to us today, we ask you to help us. Give us strength, give us wisdom, and show us how we can grow, how we can find good, find contentment, and even joy in the things that you're doing in the midst of our circumstances. Bless us, we pray, and may we bring joy to someone today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a happy Sabbath. God bless you, and continue to stay safe. We'll see you soon.